Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. edition of America's Team. I'm Austin York. That's Dylan Reed. We come to you after yet another Cowboys win. A little bit unconventional from what we had predicted. Uh, a come-from-behind victory, 27-23 over the lowly Houston Texas Texans. Excuse me. Uh, but it was not really what we expected. I think that was the thing that most people thought or came away with thinking. I certainly uh, thought, as I said last week, lay the points. That was 17. That was a big amount. But I said, go ahead. Houston's uh, missing their first two receivers. That didn't really happen. So we're going to get into that game. And then we're also going to look a little bit ahead uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Cowboys do have a chance to clinch a playoff spot with a victory on the road in Jacksonville. But first, let's talk about this Texans game. Not one of the games uh, that the Cowboys are going to look back at at the end of the year and say, wow, we really did a great job here. I think maybe Dalton Schultz had his best game maybe, but that's about it. Uh, what were your impressions of the Cowboys come from behind uh, victory against the Texans? You know, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's you don't often, when I, when I say often, I mean you essentially never go into a game being a 17-point favorite. That's, no, not in the NFL. No. Not in the NFL. That's meant for college football, right? That's not really what you ever see in the NFL. So were we both a little too bullish on the Cowboys? Clearly that's the case because they barely won the game. But, you know, I want, and this is one of those situations where everyone says you can't take plays away. That's what happened in the game, but... Everyone looks at that game, and everyone came out of that game almost treating it like a loss, even though we won. So, number one, we did win the game. And I do want everyone to just do a little thought experiment for me, okay? So, the Texans, you think to yourself, how are they putting up that many points? Well, let's consider this. Two of Dak's interceptions, which I'm sure a lot of people's concern out of the game is Dak, which is fine. We can get into that, too. Two of Dak's interceptions are very crucial ones. Those two interceptions are essentially giving them 30 yards or less to go score a touchdown. They score 14 points off of those turnovers. Take 14 points off of that score, and I think you get a more realistic view of what the Texans are as an offense because they really only had one truly successful go from one side of the field to the other drive, 
and actually the entire game for the most part. I mean, that's the reality of the game, is the Texans didn't really get within 40 yards by themselves, but really one time. So the score doesn't, I think, accurately reflect the two teams in that the Cowboys are much better than that game showed for them, and the Texans aren't as good as that game showed for them. And I would say my biggest takeaway from this game, honestly, and I know we'll get more into this, is, God, we just got so beat up in that game. We got so many injuries, and that I'm way more concerned about that than the actual performance because, heck, you barely beat the Texans, but all these guys come out healthy, and I wouldn't even bat an eye. But we're missing huge pieces to this team after that game. So that's my biggest concern, honestly, is the injuries from this game. I look at this game, and I know it's the NFL. Everyone says any team can beat you on any given Sunday. We hear that all the time. But let's let's be honest here. I was disappointed. I think a lot of Cowboy fans were disappointed that it they played so badly against the Texans. And this was a game... I, I knew I, I didn't watch much of it, but in the fourth quarter I saw, okay, we're down, but I saw we're down by less than a touchdown. So it looks like I, I was pretty confident we were going to come back and win the game. It's the Texans. They're 1-11 for a reason. They don't make plays when they had to. The problem is that the Cowboys got into this lull that they're doing again like they did last year. We saw Dak start to struggle a little bit, throw picks, miss guys, make some errors in judgment. And then they went in, everyone said the same thing. Well, they're winning games. Don't don't be so uh, angry when you're winning games. It's the NFL. You want to stack those dubs. Well, then they get in the playoffs and they lay an egg. This is what you worry about as a Cowboy fan. Are we seeing the same thing here? They come off. Now, I know they came off a great victory against the Colts, but then to follow that up with just a really lousy performance on a lot of levels, I think that's concerning. And so do I put all my uh, eggs in this basket and say the Cowboys are done and this shows you who they really are? No. I don't think you can do that with any one game. But it does – I was disappointed. And going into an Eagle game after this weekend, you would like to see a heck of a lot better performance to have any chance against the Eagles. Were you at all concerned with Dak Prescott in this game? Did you at all think, what's going on? Because, again, Colts, he didn't look too particularly great either. No. But in this game, did did that worry you, or is it all about that last drive for you? Well, the last drive, I think, does, like, it does show you that Dak Prescott does have that in him, that uh, intangible that you can't really quantify with a stat or a number, you know, that – that uh, let's go get it. Yeah, that clutch factor that I think that some people either have or don't, and he clearly does have it. He's shown that throughout his career. I, am I concerned about Dak? I want Dak to play a little bit better. I'll be honest, but I'm not as concerned as I think the national media might be about Dak. I think that Dak Prescott, if you were to rank all all 32 starting quarterbacks, I think you would slot Dak Prescott somewhere within maybe the ninth to 12th quarterback in the NFL. I think even after that performance against the Texans. And my thought as a Cowboys fan overall is that you should be able to go win several playoff games, heck, go win a Super Bowl with a quarterback of that caliber. Now, I say that to say I don't think that Dak is that top five, upper echelon, uber elite, whatever you want to say about his contract, which I know I say this a lot, but... 
you know, you see a tagline like Dak Prescott's a $40 million quarterback and he's not playing like one. Dak Prescott's salary hit this year is $19 million. That's yeah. just, look, the, now next year he's making over $40 million. That's just how contracts are. But you see things like that, and those are those are designed to to pull you in, to Click trigger your emotion. Kind of yeah, Exactly, but that's that doesn't affect how I feel. I, I've known for a few years now that Dak is about where he is. Sometimes... He's a little bit better than a top 10 quarterback. Sometimes he's just a little bit below. But my thought is you should be able to win with that. Yeah. Heck, a coach who we're playing this weekend led a guy who wasn't even close to being in that category all the way to a Super Bowl win with Nick Foles. Of course, I'm getting a little ahead of myself with the Jacksonville game, but we've seen a team very recently, a team that we all hate the most. Sure, but that was Doug Peterson who was coaching them. Nick Foles... He's not even starting anywhere right now. You don't need to. Heck, Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm not saying that I that I want Dak to be worse than them. I'm just saying that Dak is good enough to win a Super Bowl for you. So I don't want to do this thing where we have bloated expectations of Dak and we expect a Patrick Mahomes-like performance. Like Dak is who he is. He's not as bad as that game, but he's... He's a top 10, 12, 11 quarterback. I mean, he's very good. He's not elite. I mean, that's how I feel about Dak, and that's how I feel after that game. He's about I think, that. I think that the, the this is what I know. Cooper Rush did what he did. The moment Dak came in, since then, the Cowboys have scored more points than anybody mm-hmm. in the league. They're averaging around 36 points a game. Averaging yeah. around 36 points a game since Dak took over. They're number one in third down efficiency. They're Huge. number one in the red zone. They're scoring more points in the red zone. Now, people want to say, well, that's just because, or they want to excuse that. I don't think that anyone, what bothers me about Dak is I I think that I'd like to see him play a little bit better because I know he can. It's not a situation where you're hoping to pull a rabbit out of a hat with a guy that isn't any good. You're like, oh, man, like if Cooper Rush was in there and we were saying, I hope he plays better, we're having expectations that are just way too high for that guy. If you want him to score 30 points, you ain't going to have it's not going to happen with yeah. the guy. He'd be the worst offense in the league statistically when that guy was in there. The point that I'm making with Dak is that I know that he can do it. I do like his aggressiveness. I think that sometimes you're going to have to make those throws and sometimes you're going to do it. I think if there is a silver lining in the game against Houston, I think it was that 98-yard drive. He went 7-for-8. The only incompletion was a, a a ball that hit Gallup in the end zone, and the guy laid a lick on him, and it mm-hmm. knocked it out. So that, could have, that should have been a touchdown. It could have. So the point I'm making is that when Dak, you always hear the old adage, great players aren't always great, but they're great when they have to be. And I think that that's Dak. I just would like – I think the reason, a lot of the reasons that they were in the positions that they were in was because Dak was not capitalizing when he should have. That's what you want to see a little bit more consistency with. Is if anyone says that Dak's not good, yeah, that's or ridiculous. that he's look, I, I, you can't argue with those people because they're never going to be changed. Is Dak good enough to win a Super Bowl? Absolutely, he is. And there is no other quarterback in the NFL that gets more scrutinized. That if Jimmy G can take a, a team to the Super Bowl and take it to to an NFC Championship game another time, then then Dak Prescott can yeah, certainly. Yeah, of course. I'm with you. I think the biggest issues to me 
when Terrence Steele went down with an ACL, you're looking at now uh, a right guard. You're like, well, what, what are we doing now? We've got to put Jason Peters over there. He hasn't done that. We put Ty, uh, Tyler Smith over there, who hasn't done that either. Yep. You do get uh, Tyron Smith back uh, this week. It looks like that. You can't ask for a better timing for that. But it really does. And then Josh Ball came in a few times, and he – Apparently, I didn't grade him out, but I already did okay, except for two major plays, yeah, highlight which also reels, really yeah. screwed the Cowboys. So I'm with you. I think the biggest issue the Cowboys are going into this Jacksonville game with is injuries. I wanted to bring up before we, we talk about the Jaguars, Cowboys did go out and make a pretty interesting sign. I don't know if this means they're completely out of Odell Beckham. Jerry Jones suggests that they aren't. But they signed wide receiver T.Y. Hilton. When you heard this, 33-year-old, 10-year vet, or played last decade with the Colts, four-time Pro Bowler, what was your reaction? You know, my reaction was this is the kind of guy that is going to come in and I think almost make more of an impact immediately in the sense off the field. Because this is a guy that is there in case of injury for the most part. He's going to get, I think, you'll be looking at a 10 to 15 snap kind of guy a game. But what he can bring to the table at an extremely inexpensive price, I might add. I mean, this guy's oh, yeah. costing you nothing, essentially. Basically all incentive-based. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nothing. It's it's costing you nothing. So it's he's pretty much almost coming in for free for what it's worth on your cap. Um, he's coming in, and he's kind of— giving you that veteran presence that Amari Cooper gave you. And I understand he's not going to play on that level. That's not what I'm saying. But there is something that Amari Cooper brought to the team off the field, and it wasn't just playing chess with Micah Parsons in the locker room. He brought that level of confidence up for our wide receivers. We've got a young receiving core, and I, CD is obviously, I think, and has already stepped into becoming an elite receiver and is that number one guy, and that's very clear. But – it's nice to have a guy who's been there, and T.Y. Hilton is a guy who's been there. He's been there through some really rough times. I mean, the Colts have not really been brilliant all the time. He's gone through tons of quarterback up and down ever since Andrew Luck has left. He's had to deal with all of that. And, I mean, I think one thing that stuck out to me once I dug into it a little bit is, you know, from what he's told us publicly, you know, he's been contacted by several other teams, and he was kind of— waiting for one that's enticed him enough. You know, he's he didn't need the money. He doesn't ever have to play another down of football if he doesn't want to. He's fine. He saw this opportunity, and he thought, you know what? That's a team I'd like to play for. So Make a playoff run. Yeah. Make a playoff run. That's exactly right. So I I like the signing because it's—I ext- mean, there's no risk. It's extremely low risk, right? And, I mean, what if he doesn't catch one, catch one touchdown? Like, so what? I mean, I see it as a— Anything you get out of T.Y. Hilton, massive plus. Yeah, and I agree. And this isn't going to me, this isn't going to be, you're not going to see him 40 plays. You're going to see the guy maybe 20. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to come in as your third receiver slot. It's not like he's just going to come in. It's going to be Micah, Gallup, and and T.Y. But what he does give you is that deep ball threat. He's got a lot of speed still. He's still, I mean, 33 in speed is still good. He's still got a, he's a good route runner. He's going to uh, stretch the field, and that, when you stretch the field, let's just football 101, it's going to open things up underneath and for everybody else. Another thing, too, that he does is, is to me is 
it is that level of, of intelligence. We saw what happens when you take a guy like Amari Cooper, and again, I understand your comparison. It wasn't comparing him on the same talent level, but when Amari came in, what, it was around a little bit before, but it was around week nine of, what, four years ago or four seasons ago, he immediately had that impact on the Cowboys. I'm not saying that it's going to do that, but he is definitely going to open C.D. Lamb lanes. He's going to open things for uh, Michael Gallup, and I think he's even going to help Noah Brown out and and, oh, yeah. and maybe uh, James Washington if we ever even decide to get him in. I think that's also telling of James Washington that it looked like from all we're hearing is that he was ready to go for a while. They kept putting him out, keeping him out, and then he, what, I think he had one target yeah. in the game against the Texans. So uh, I don't know what's going on there, but if you can get – like you said, see if, uh, if if T.Y. can stretch the field, maybe a deep ball threat. Another thing I heard, and, and I, I think this is worth noting, he's a sideline guy. He's a guy that can race down the sidelines. And, and the Cowboys, when they do get in trouble sometimes, they take that shot over the middle of the field. So if it does get batted up, as it has the last couple of weeks, what happens? Comes down with a pick. Sideline passes, even if they're aggressive, a lot more chance of them getting knocked down or knocked out of bounds. If they aren't, if they're errant, if they win, if you if you make the catch, then it's great. So I think he does that for you too. Absolutely, and you know Michael Gallup is one of the best in the league at that. So to have two guys w- with uh, that ability on your team that can really open things up. And I mean, the most important part when you mention opening up the offense is quite literally like actually physically opening up that yeah. space in front of the field because really like. Because people have asked me all week this, and we have, I've had so many Cowboys conversations about this Texans game. How did this happen? And uh, I mentioned the picks. Like like I said, I mean, the Texans offense actually was very pedestrian. But really what happened is the Cowboys, and this sounds so generic and simple, but the Cowboys, by their own decision, threw the ball more than they ran the ball. And they did it a lot more in the first half of the game than in the second half of the game. And quite frankly, the Texans just started bunching up and bunching up. And like when you're able to open up those lanes like a T.Y. Hilton can do, that's unleashing a Tony Pollard and a Z. Kelly to yeah, get that what, space. What they always say is we want to get them, quote, in space. Yes. And so you can do things. And that's exactly what he's talking about. I think we could put, put a bow, I guess, on the Texans game. But I do want to su- suggest that people that are overreacting to this Cowboys just did come off a, a was it fifty four to nineteen yeah. victory of the Colts. They were a seventeen point favorite going in the worst team in the league in the, in the Texans. They beat the Texans. It wasn't the way people liked. I just think we don't need to overreact here. You went from one of the top people were putting them in the top five or top four teams in the NFL. Now some are saying, "Well, I'll put them at eleven or 10. I'm like, okay. The Cowboys are such a strong and distinct reaction. If one bad thing happens, they're terrible. If something good happens, they might be the best in the league. We, you have to refrain from doing that. The Cowboys are probably not the best team in football, being the Colts. They're certainly not a non-playoff team after or barely beating the Texans. And let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game, to me, was a lot more... I, I think I had a little bit more concern. I, I was I was overlooking the Texans. I, I just thought that was a victory, and it was. I, I just didn't think they'd win the way they did. Anyway, Jacksonville has been surging lately. 
Trevor Lawrence, the the can't miss kid, has finally started to look like the can't miss kid now that Doug Peterson is down there in Jacksonville. What do you look for in this game? What is uh, cause for concern, or or what are you worried about? Or what do you think the Cowboys can capitalize on? Well, you know, when it comes to the Jags, we have said this on the podcast multiple times. A team like the Giants, that record doesn't. Well, they're starting to come down to earth, sure. That record doesn't really accurately depict how good they are. I'm not sure five and eight accurately depicts what Jacksonville is. I think they're a little bit better. I think they're a little bit better, and they've been quite a bit better over the last five games or so. You've got Trevor Lawrence, ten picks, no interceptions. He's flying. I think another thing too is this is almost like his rookie season, right? Because he had his first year with Myers, and that's essentially a wash. I mean, for all intents and purposes, last bad. year Urban Jacksonville, <laughs> yeah, Urban Meyer was. Pretty much about the worst thing we've seen in the NFL for a long time. you got to give Trevor all the space in the world for that. You've got a guy in Travis Etienne who's really been pretty great. I know last weekend he didn't get a lot of yards, really, but that's because Trevor Lawrence threw for 360 yards. They've they've got a good offense. They've got good wide receivers. They've got Christian Kurt, that's the number one. Zay Jones is a brilliant guy who can stretch the field. They've got Evan Ingram. You're familiar with him from New York over all yeah, these years. That's tight end, yeah. That, this is a good team. This is a much better team than a 5-8 and eight record, and they're really good, on, pretty good on both sides of the ball. Now, what worries me and what's cause for concern for the Cowboys is if you play the Jags like you played the Texans, and I don't mean like in some way where everyone's saying, oh, play 31 other teams. Use I'm simply saying if you go into this game, because the Cowboys went into the Texans game dead set on throwing the ball more than they ran it. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's extremely apparent when you look at the first half of that game. If you go in with that same mindset, you're going to have a problem because this Jacksonville team is a borderline top 10 pass rush defense. They're really 12th in pressure. They're, 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 they're right on the edge of that. I mean, they're no Dallas, but they're good. And they're actually not fantastic at stopping the run. So this is... Another situation where I'm looking at the Cowboys and I'm like, you have the formula. You go out there and you just hand the ball off and you hand the ball off and you hand the ball off and then you do little short, simple things. Because the, it's like we've said, you know, the, the, this offense can fly 54 to 19 and, you know, 40 to whatever. But, you know, it's we've also seen this team not be great. I mean, we they somehow— They themselves. I they stop themselves, it. you know. And is that—you know, I know we blame Kellen Moore all the time on the podcast, but— I'm I'm not as, I don't think he's as great as everyone thinks he is. And and I'm glad you pointed that out because that's where I was going to go with this. I think that when you look at the Texans, some of the time you look at some of the plays and saying, "Why are you running this? Yeah. Why are you running a screenplay right now? It seems like yeah. screenplays always get blown up. Why'd you run the ball nine times in the so you you pass ten yard, ten times in a row, then you get down to the red zone and run it nine times to try to run it right up the gut with Zeke when it's like, uh, I mean, a person who has one eye could have seen that that was going to get stuffed. It's just it, it it there are some pro- the only thing you hope is that Mike McCarthy goes to him and say all right look buddy let's mm-hmm. just cut the cut the bs and this mm-hmm. is the way we're calling it and it looks like i i have a feeling that Mike McCarthy has done that at at certain points in the in the season i think he's got to go back to him and say we're going i don't know what it was against the texans and i think that maybe that's an outlier I know that each team, for instance, against the Eagles, and I don't want to overlook the Jags, but I know that the Cowboys probably have some plays 
stuffed away for just the Eagles. Absolutely. And, uh, so I'm sure that they probably might have done something like that in, in Houston or wanted to to just say, we're probably going to win this game. Let's try some things out. This game is where you got to get back to your basics. You've got to get all the confidence in the world. I do worry about the Jacksonville offense because of what we mentioned, the cornerbacks being so thin, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis gone. You, you you can mention the the guy that the Cowboys signed. I don't even know this guy, but apparently he's uh, got a little bit of a lineage in the NFL from the Raiders, I believe it was. That's right. Trayvon Mullen. Now, not a name that many people are familiar with. I know but, Trayvon Diggs. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's the only now, one he, I know. He's no but Trayvon he Diggs. Be, yeah, but he can't be all over the field. No, and no. I mean, that's where I worry about here. But, you know, Trayvon Mullen, just, just if everyone's kind of wondering who this guy is, he was a second-round pick. For the Raiders, the 40th overall in 2019. So he's really not that far removed from that. So at least coming out of college, expectations were pretty high. I mean, ironically enough, that is also where we took Kelvin Joseph in the second round, too. So, But, I mean, look, he he was actually a starter going into the 2021 season right alongside their other cornerback, Casey Hayward. So he was seen as good enough to be an outside guy. And uh, had a foot thing, injury. And again, it's, it's one yeah. of his situations where he's not starting. He's no. not immediate plug guy. He's going to get a couple of game or a couple of uh, downs, maybe. Depth. Uh, they'll do depth definitely. Maybe some dime packages. It's still Kelvin Joseph in that spot, and uh, they're going to and they're going to mix a few other guys in there. Maybe Deron Bland is going to see a little bit more on that side. The point I'm I'm making is that that worries me because of the how thin they are at that position. They do run the ball somewhat well in mm-hmm. Jacksonville. Uh, they've got uh, basically a running back by committee thing. Travis Ntn is, as you mentioned, uh, I think James Robinson is over there as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know; uh, he hasn't been getting used as much lately. But the bottom line is, to me, I think for the Cowboys is they need to reestablish the run, as you mentioned. Dak's got to go through this game. I think turnover free. Yes, if he goes over, I mean, he does. If he throws for 200 yards, no touchdowns, but no turnovers, Cowboys win. I'm happy. I feel like the Cowboys almost have to win this thing by a couple of scores, maybe 10, 14 points, for me to really feel nice and confident uh, going into that Philadelphia game on Christmas Eve. I think, in in all honesty, I, the Cowboys are four point favorite. I think they get that done. I think it's going to be a, maybe a Colts kind of thing where it's three quarters. But, again, I, I, ref, I really – Jaguars are not as great as we're talking. They're 5-8 yeah. and eight for a reason. They're not a great team. They're going to get better. They're playing better. The Cowboys should win this game even if it's on the road. I think they will. I think they cover the four. Oh yeah, the cover. Yeah, I think this is a get back game for the Cowboys. I think and they they're do pretty cover good the at get back games. And they, that's a good point. You know, they almost always rebound really well. And just really quick, just I don't want to overhype the Jags. I just I do think they're a little bit better than five and eight. But everyone, just keep in mind, we have a lot of common opponents with them, and almost all the common opponents that they've lost to, we've ended up beating. I mean, the Commanders, the you know the Texans. Of course, they lost to them. The Giants. The uh, who else? I mean, they lost to the Eagles. I know that they, one of the ones that I saw them lose, and I thought that they were on a roll, and then Detroit absolutely mm-hmm. smoked them. Lions and is another I, one. I know, I know Detroit is not the, the same Detroit that we face. They're playing really good. I think they're 5-1 and one in their last six. But still, that's a team that we beat pretty handily. Yes. Uh, so I look at the Cowboys to get right. What do you think the final score is? 
I'm thinking that we're going to – it will be a get right. I do think that they will cover that four. I do think we're looking at a little bit of bounce back in offense, too. I'm thinking the Cowboys are going to put up some points here. I'm thinking about, let's say, 35-28. I think right. that's, a, that's a guess for me. And the Cowboys obviously winning and then covering there. All right. That means that the Cowboys will move to 11-3. and three. If they do get to victory, they're in the playoffs. They've clinched a playoff spot. And then it's all eyes on that Christmas Eve game against the hated Philadelphia Eagles, this time at our home turf, AT&T Stadium. Until then, though, I'm Austin York. That's Dylan Lee. This is America's team. Have a good one. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.